This season, your coffee orders are getting warmer and your outfits are getting cozier. The world keeps changing, and so does COVID-19. That's why this season's COVID-19 shots have been updated. They're one of the best ways to help protect yourself against COVID-19. You can get a COVID-19 shot at the same visit as a flu shot if you're due for both, as recommended by the CDC. Talk to your healthcare provider to learn more and schedule at vaccines.gov. And don't forget to get extra cinnamon spice. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Wide open so we can get Bill WD-40 into the chat room to lube us up for tonight's show. You know, you always want to go into a show nice and smooth. That's why we love it when Bill WD-40 does what he has to do. All right. Let us say hello to Susan Lawrence as well. And, hmm. I also want to remind all of you, before we get going, that a great way to support our show is by joining the Space Travelers Club on Patreon. Make sure you head on over there. Just type in SOR Space Travelers. The link is below in the description of the show. Uriel Perez, welcome to SOR Chat. Thank you for joining us. And we got 15 seconds to go. Our store is open on our website, spacedoutradio.com. If you're new here, do us a favor. Ring that bell. Hit that subscribe button. We are here seven days a week for your love. Here we go. Horns up. Let's rock. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talkstream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Navy the favor. Hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at spaced out radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find it on our website. We got a fun show for you tonight. Alex Cianetti is going to join us here momentarily, where we are going to get into all things strange and mysterious around the world, from cryptids to Bigfoot to UFOs and aliens to lost civilizations. We are getting deep into it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Then in hour number three, we got a missing story from Steve Stockton from Among the Missing. Tim Senor returns for the UFO report. Alex Cianetti is an award-winning journalist, researcher, explorer, and filmmaker. Born in Argentina, he immigrated to the United States to continue his studies at different schools, including MIT, USC, and USCLA. Yeah, 
early on, he worked with legendary filmmaker Roger Corman. His research life ever since has been devoted to lost civilizations, extraterrestrial visitations in both the past and present times, and solving scientific enigmas. He was a disciple of the late Dr. J. Allen Hynek, the pioneer astronomer and ufologist who coined the term Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And Dr. Hynek considered... Chiedetti to be the most effective field researcher he knew. As a global explorer, Alex has devoted almost 30 years to his research, including three expeditions to a system of caves in the Amazon jungle that present evidence of advanced ancient civilization. Told you we are in for a real treat tonight. Alex Chiedetti, welcome to Spaced Out Radio for the first time. How are you? Very good. I am very happy being with you guys. Canada, U.S., all over the world, I am here. Well, we very much appreciate you taking the time to join us as well. And I know we've been trying to get you on the show for a a little while now, and we've been communicating for over the last month. So I'm really glad that we were finally able to do this. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. What what attracts you as an award-winning journalist and everything to this life of weird and strange? Uh, it's not easy. After so many years, you start to feel the weight of the time in your shoulders. But I think I was a very curious child. I was kind of uh, growing in a metropolitan city. And I always looked the stars. And uh, I come from a family of uh, crazy artists, intellectuals. And in the fog of the city of Buenos Aires, in the labyrinths of Jorge with Borges stories, I kind of I start to uh, get bored with life. I think, and I said I have to really kill the boring, looking the more crazy mysteries, the signs and the religions cannot uh, resolve. And I was studying in a Catholic school, and uh, I was kind of also don't believe in the stories the priests were telling me and I in the breaks I used to escape to the library and uh, the and the the library of the Salesian fathers was very rich and uh, my favorite section was exploration travel and exploration and I was getting lost in these old chronicles old books about the uh, old navigators Treasures, lost treasures, huntings, and uh, sea serpents, and uh, and the treasures and, and the mysteries in the middle of the the more remote areas, from the top of the Andes to the underground caves, connecting mountains and, uh, and hidden mysteries of the of the past and the present too. What uh, I grew up in the seventies and uh, and I started to kind of do my field research and in that time of the Apollo missions we were looking the kids we were looking the stars and beyond the moon, beyond the Mars as happened today. No, we are kind of almost <laughs> in the same kind of predicament <laughs> we could say. Kind of uh, and uh, that that uh, the the origin of life, I remember also 
I couldn't believe we come from the monkeys. And I said, well, I'm going to study the theory of evolution. And from the school I was escaping, and I was a regular on the Natural uh, Museum of uh, Natural History. And uh, in that, I used to kind of dig in the libraries and, and as a gun shy, as a teenager, I used to kind of uh, drawing, making drawings, painting of the prehistoric animals and visiting the, the director of the museum. And, uh, and I start to kind of open my horizons with uh, mini explorations from the zoo to the botanic gardens to start to go outside of the of the city, outside to the forest, outside to the outdoors, and, and start to kind of uh, be intriguing about the behavioral, the conduct of the animals, the etiology, etology, the human beings, and uh, surviving the time of fascists, Argentina was under the dictatorship and, uh, and the universities were closed and there were kind of many difficult shortcuts to create uh, self-education at that time. But uh, and I was getting lost in the American science fiction authors who also opened my my universe, but I found was more interesting to write, to explore about non-fiction, about the reality, the fantastic reality. And in, in that way was, I, I joined a movement who was called the Realismo Fantastico. The Realismo Fantastico, the fantastic realism was one of the movements who one of the last heralds was and is Erich von Danike. And the theory of the ancient astronauts really in the 70s hit my, hit my kind of, uh, hit my balls. Yeah, your, your hero kind of thing. I, I want to ask you, you know, I mean, you are living your childhood dream right now. You're chasing monsters. You're chasing mysteries like a real Indiana Jones. And I know that's yeah. why you got the hat on and, and everything that, that goes along with it or the hat on your wall. Or, But for you, I mean, a lot of people don't get to live their dreams, Alex. You know, they, they have to... Uh, they have to, uh, you know, work hard and and maybe just maybe once or twice a year they get to go into the forest to look for Bigfoot or or chase down aliens to look for the UFOs in the sky. But you have made this your life. I mean, how were you able to do that? Oh no, I, I kind of uh, in the beginning, yes. I in my first kind of field researchers, my nice parents were helping with money to go to take the train or take the buses remote to study the flaps. I remember it was 1978, and 1978 was my fire baptist. And in, in that time, I was kind of, uh, uh, I didn't have really a job, and I, I was depending of uh, my, my parents. Later, I was kind of started to write and uh, to work in advertising, uh, publicity, and I, I start to 
kind of uh, be self-sustaining. I, I never really profit with uh, researching mysteries. I have to really have a double life, you know. And one life was, yeah, starting to be a journalist, and I used to write about everything, but mostly in uh, in my younger years, I was a film reviewer. I, I, I write articles about the film and television industry. And, uh, and after, yeah, I was not enough. Uh, I was working also as a camera assistant, uh, cameraman, cinematographer, for commercials and what that thing that was always saving, but uh, a difference of other people who now they live about the YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people be YouTubers. No, it didn't exist the YouTube in that time. But I was kind of breaking down, and the lack of self-sustain sustainability made me to immigrate to the United States. But my the economy of my country was bad 30, 30, 35 years ago, and it's still very bad now. And we are we are on the edge of elections, and every every return I have been doing in the last three decades was was kind of uh, seeing the things hasn't changed, and it's uh, so hard to kind of sometimes be be sustaining for yourself. In the economical way, but uh, I always try to find a different way. Some people write books, but you know, writing books is not enough. When you write fiction, if you write, if you if you write nonfiction, uh, you really are not going to be possible mm-hmm. to get uh, a way to survive in this in this world. Um, but if you kind of uh, write fiction, yes, the novelists do more. But I, as I said in the beginning, uh, writing fiction was too boring. I said I, I like to do more investigation of this subject, and I start with different. I, I start with all uh, type of mysteries of the past and mysteries of the present. As uh, I have uh, this double life of ufologies. And in that time, the ufologist was very bad war. Now we have a reivindication since Mr. Lou Elizondo, no? <laughs> since <Yes>. 2017. <laughs> but in that time, you were kind of a paria for the eyes of your own family uh, and your school, and you were the strange one. And you have to sit in the back of the, of the grade of the school and, and be mocking sometimes. But uh, also, I used, I used to work in the, in the industry of uh, comics books, too. And I, I like always comic and drawing, as we have our artists doing something nice. Yeah. What do you love about... Yeah. Alex, what do you love about chasing monsters? What's the fun of it all? Well, I, I would tell you the story, but growing in the 60s, 70s, I used to be very kind of uh, love of uh, these things. Yeah. I used to collect Mars Attack. <laughs> yeah, Mars Attack. The, the, the cars, the trading cars. And is uh, I was very obsessive. And I, I used to buy it in the corner kiosk 
of my square of my block um, but when it come, was coming the dusk was coming the night I started to be very scared and I was very afraid the Martians were coming through the window to kidnap me or doing a lot of uh, a lot of kind of damage uh, to my room to my collections, to my toys, to my dog, to myself in the, in the middle of the night. And I, I was calling my mother, crying, yeah, involved in panic and made my, my poor, nice mother to rip the, the, the trading cards, you know, and to rip it. But the next day I have, again, I have so many dreams and I said, no, I, I, I want I want to kind of buy it again. And I, I used to go with a coin, 10, 10 cents coin to buy more. And, uh, and it, I was repeating that circle, no? And I, I was afraid of the Martians. <laughs> and they were very scary. That that trading cards were very bloody and truculent. And for right. a kind of a seven, a seven years, six years old kid was very... Dramatic, and I didn't imagine I was going to challenge my fears, and and turning myself and a field researcher, and explorer, without any any kind of uh, no holding barriers to any of these these real horrors of the mysteries, no. And uh, and I think the the Mars attack figures made me. I think the the researcher. As I am myself today, no kind of uh, challenging all all the fears, um, but in that time was the the big the big fear of the invasion, no? Yeah. But uh, the the science fiction was really flooding all over <laughs> the flying saucers attack and <laughs> all the monsters attack, and really I was not afraid of the of the the monster, the cocoon inside of the placard, inside of the armoire, but uh, later on, the monsters were the, the fascists killing innocent people in the streets. You know? And I, I was growing up in that environment. <laughs> right. I so said the, the, the real monsters were not the Martians, the American March, the American monsters exported by cops. <laughs> but but the real military fascists. Argent uh, you're from Argentina, and right. Argentina, Peru, and Brazil seem to have some of the freakiest UFO and alien encounter stories that are out there. I mean, just what's going on in Peru uh, recently over the last yeah. month or so. I mean, I know it's a good case that one. I, I am, I am, I am. I want to go to review that case. Yes. What do you? What is going on That's down a, there? Why? Why do all the dark, bad aliens seem to be attacking people down there? Oh yes, it's. Uh, I have a big collection of uh, cases. I, I explored Peru for many years, and uh, I. I used to kind of explore the more, more kind of uh, truculent, eerie, and macabre stories, being suburban, uh, urban legends from the Pistacos, who used to kind of uh, 
uh, eat human flesh and, and eat uh, human people and, and produce oil to use it uh, to rejuvenate as the stories we have today with uh, the stories of lost children, missing children. That was happening in Peru in 1940s, 50s, 30s, where people disappear and uh, owners of uh, fabrics uh, of, uh, well, processing plants were using to to kind of oil their machinery. That was a legend. And uh, I remember I explored this plateau with 10,000 feet all over the, the sea and the peasants, they were talking about this legend. No, I said, oh, if you are interested, I'm going to bring you to this cavern who have all these reels, all these railroads and these hooks where the people from the capital used to kind of harvest people and hanging in the, in the in these uh, winches, no? And we went kind of an expedition. Manuel Manuel was my guide. He was uh, my old friends, the Olivares family. And he used to tell me about the pistacos, the pistacos, and the pistacos was this kind of. Uh, people who used to kind of uh, kidnap childs and adults and bring into these caves to process and extract this preservative uh, rejuvenate kind of uh, liquids as we have this legend today yeah in a more in a bigger scale no now involving Hollywood involving the kind of uh, uh, celebrities and, and considering as uh, not beyond legend, urban legend. No? But at that time it was in the Andes. But in the Andes you have many creatures too. You mm -hmm. have uh, similar to the Modman, I remember called the Cauquenes vampire, who was very similar to to the Mondman stories and it happened in 1968. I remember 1968 was a very crazy year. I, I was very young in that time, 68 was 10 years old. This season, your coffee orders are getting warmer and your outfits are getting cozier. The world keeps changing and so does COVID-19. That's why this season's COVID-19 shots have been updated. They're one of the best ways to help protect yourself against COVID-19. You can get a COVID-19 shot at the same visit as a flu shot if you're due for both, as recommended by the CDC. Talk to your healthcare provider to learn more and schedule at vaccines.gov. And don't forget to get extra cinnamon spice. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. AT&T and Verizon lure you in with their best phone offers, only to lock you into a three-year phone contract. Three years! Missing out on the latest, greatest phones because you're trapped by your carrier. Not at T-Mobile. Break free from three-year phone contracts with our best Go 5G plans and say goodbye to being stuck with an outdated phone. Now, with T-Mobile's best Go 5G plans, upgrade when you want. Every year or every two, you decide. At T-Mobile, you have more choice than ever to take charge of your upgrade. All on America's largest 5G network. Visit T-Mobile.com now 
to take charge of your phone upgrades. One-year upgrade on Go 5G Next requires financing new qualifying device and upgrading in good condition after six-plus months with 50% paid off. Upgrade ends financing and any promo credits. CTMobile.com. But uh, later on, I started to do these catalogs of uh, strange uh, sightings and uh, newspaper clips, and I used to review some of the cases. And For example, uh, Chile used to have a big tradition before the Chupacabras law, they have uh, these uh, Caucanes uh, flying creature, no? And, it's, and the people see it, they kind of flying around, got uh, red eyes, and very identical to the West Virginia sightings, no? And um, for example, it was another case too, similar to the Jumping Jack, or I don't know what is it, or Lantern Jack, uh, from the from the 1900s in the States, in the East Coast. And, uh, and this story was interesting. But I, I talked with the witness, and they saw this kind of creatures with long legs who were jumping <laughs> big, big, big fences, no? Uh, and the people swear. I said, this, this creature was long, yeah, it was a kind of gray. Type uh, tall, kind of two meters tall, and he was jumping walls and fences as was the, as he had the springs in his his legs, in his feet, <laughs> and that kind of thing. And uh, other story I was uh, researching in the, in the Andes, who is kind of uh, more or less well known in the U.S. and Canada is the story of uh, the Atacama bean. The Atacama bean, uh, that creature, what finally was the bank, and uh, Stephen Greer was uh, behind that case um, of the small bean. I don't have a picture here, but you, you saw it in the serious documentary. But I was the first who brought it to the North American television when I was producing several episodes of the Joe Skate series Destination Truth. And we right. did that about this small creature who looks like, uh, yeah, it's uh, four inches Give tall. Me, and it's Alex, I'm going to get you to hold on so, right there because we are going to go to break here. At the bottom of the hour, Mysteries of the World, Alex Gianetti is joining us tonight. Researcher, journalist, filmmaker. We'll talk some aliens with Alex when we return on Spaced Out Radio. All right, we are clear. Alex, I just got to uh, go check up on my son here because I have a, my studio is in my house. So I'm going to be... I- Right back, dirty filth. Uh, you want to turn your mic on and say, and uh, use some of your uh, very large verbiage. Hi, Dave. Hi. I'll be right back, guys. <laughs> nice, nice painting. Thanks. Uh, I got. I just let my other one dry a little bit here, so I decided I would jump onto another one that I've got working. 
It's almost it's almost Halloween, so I'm gonna do a little bit of Halloween drawings pretty soon. Yeah, we still we still one month more than enough. They should, they should just have Halloween through August through October. <laughs> yeah, it's a, fes- a festival. That's a horror film festival. Good night, everybody. Going to bed. I thought that Aaron Rodgers guy retired about 500 times. That's all right, Derek. I'm an Oilers fan, so I suffered for years. I cheered for my Oilers through the dark ages. How many cats do I have? Android Paranormal, I have four cats. And I have no idea where they are. Hi, guys. Hi, Dirty Filth. Hi, Dave. You know what's happening soon? Hockey? Well, besides that, we are going to be confirming our uh, attendance at the Silver Legacy Casino and Resort in Reno for the third annual fan party. I'll be there. I think you should invite everybody. What about Leaf fans and Habs fans? Well, Leaf fans, uh, I don't know. Hab fans are all right. Not uh, Lee fans. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, the mustache is going to be there. Boy, Aaron Rodgers, eh? Tonight, tearing his Achilles tendon. Holy cow. That was an expensive trade. I thought he retired like a hundred times. Oh, no. No. What's that American football guy that retired like ten times? Brett Favre? Yeah, that's the one. His weird last name? Yeah, Favre. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm hearing you. I am hearing you. Hey, we want to remind everybody that if you haven't signed up yet for the SOR Space Travelers Club, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Get on over there to Patreon and sign right up. You know, I'm even going to do you a favor. I'm going to I'm going to provide you the link. I'm going to provide you the link right here. And uh, pretty soon we're going to start shipping out some fan uh, gear and swag for everybody. And, uh, and you know. Man, 
We want to see you join up. It's a great way to support what we do. And thank you to Thomas Fessler and Surf Jair for the Super Chats tonight, kicking them off tonight and this week. The Super Chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. And you can get your great swag at spacedoutradio.com. And that's going to be fantastic. We appreciate the love and support you guys give us. If you're new here or tuning in for the first time, join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio or any major podcast network. We are there for your listening entertainment anytime. You know, we got over 1,500 shows. 1,500 or 1,600, something like that. So go check them out. Anyone you want. Ross Lambda, how you doing, man? Welcome back. Um, I'll change that Android. All right, guys, we got 10 seconds and I'll get you guys to hold on here. Sit tight because we're about to launch once again. Here we go. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to all of you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can check us out on every major podcast network from Spotify to iTunes to to, uh, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and everything in between. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on Patreon at Spaced Out Radio. All right, let us bring back our great guest tonight, Alex Giannetti. He's an author, researcher, journalist, and he's tracking down everything weird and strange that's going on on this planet. His website, Patagonia Express or PatagonianExpress.com. So make sure you check it on out. Alex, welcome back. Uh-huh. What is it about yeah. what is it about aliens that really attracts you? Oh, the aliens is still I think the the religious things that we were kind of uh, still mm, still looking for the evidence, still looking for the first contact. Still, kind of looking uh, to really prove the first contact. But I, I talk in my last forty years of research. I, I talk with many people who said they have, they have been touching, being intercepted by a saucer in the middle of the road. The alien. Dis- this season, your coffee orders are getting warmer, and your outfits are getting cozier. The world keeps changing, and so does COVID-19. That's why this season's COVID-19 shots have been updated. They're one of the best ways to help protect yourself against COVID-19. You can get a COVID-19 shot at the same visit as a flu shot if you're due for both, as recommended by the CDC. Talk to your healthcare provider to learn more and schedule at vaccines.gov. And don't forget to get extra cinnamon spice. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. 
AT&T and Verizon lure you in with their best phone offers, only to lock you into a three-year phone contract. Three years! Missing out on the latest, greatest phones because you're trapped by your carrier. Not at T-Mobile. Break free from three-year phone contracts with our best Go 5G plans and say goodbye to being stuck with an outdated phone. Now, with T-Mobile's best Go 5G plans, upgrade when you want. Every year or every two, you decide. At T-Mobile, you have more choice than ever to take charge of your upgrade. All on America's largest 5G network. Visit T-Mobile.com now to take charge of your phone upgrades. One-year upgrade on Go 5G Next requires financing new qualifying device and upgrading in good condition after six-plus months with 50% paid off. Upgrade ends financing and any promo credits. CTMobile.com. Sanded. He approached his uh, stupid car or really disabled car and, uh, and shake his hand. That was one of my first cases. I didn't, I didn't really believe in, in the testimony of this guy, but similar... Uh, to this testimony were many people receiving this kind of uh, stories in the late 60s, uh, 70s, 80s. Now we don't have that type of uh, stories anymore. We have a kind of uh, experience when you are sleeping and you are kidnapping, when you are in, in deep, deep state between your sheets, when you are sleeping over the night. And uh, that, uh, well, what the ghost said, yes, it's, it's still that light in the middle of the, the night where we don't know what is, and uh, that blinking light flying over your head and approaching, as I experienced uh, a couple of times in the, in the passing of the years with qualified witness and multiple witness, really, Made you to kind of uh, continue, kind of uh, looking this fascination. No, I think it's, it's beyond the archetypical dreams, as we said. But uh, that and globe, yeah, to try to kind of discover something, something new, something what is uh, uh, still forbidden by the science or still rejected as a heretical evidence as a heretical thing, no? This communication with uh, some some kind of power which is not from this dimension. Uh, the power is from a different realm, no? As it's the same what we are trying to kind of decode the mystery of, uh, of the cryptozoological riddles, no? And, uh, for example, I, I was telling you the story of this small creature of the documentary. In the Andes, they talk about the Gentiles, los gentiles. And the, the peasants, the, the farm workers, the dwellers, they talk about these, these creatures who live below the, the ground. They are kind of as, the size of gnomes, fairies, but they have the shape of big heads as the greys, no? But a small seashell. And I in Chile, northern Argentina, 
southern of Peru, you have these these things, and they say, "Oh, I we know cities too. They they build <laughs> Lilliput Gulliver story, Gulliver travels similar story." No? And uh, when you you when you ask, "Well, where are they live?" Oh, they live inside of the mines. They live. They build a small kind of uh, dwelling cities of uh, made by brick stones and I, I saw these small cities yeah and it's uh, I never found the, the proof I remember Greer was trying to convince me to do an expedition to look more evidence of these little creatures finally the the small one was debunked by this geneticist from Berkeley, excuse me, from Stanford University. And, uh, but my friends who discovered the first, uh, yeah, the first creature or the story, they said, we saw an umbilical cord. That means was that thing was a fetus. And finally, the conclusion of uh, Stanford Genetical Lab um, was, that was a uh, the fetus, the malformation, which was similar to the to the grain, huh? but uh, but you have this kind of similarities between how we have interpret the possible aliens with the bubble head, big head, and this this kind of creature from the lore of uh, the mythologies. And folklore of the Andean regions. No? I would I would uh, like to ask you, you know, with with the aliens that you are seeking, have you ever been confronted face to face with aliens or extraterrestrials? Myself? Yes. No, I didn't. I am not that kind of experience. I used to have dreams during the night this time, uh, but that was more in the hypnogagic state when I was kind of researching. And, uh, I, I was friends with the, the more important researchers of the alien abduction as uh, Dr. John Mack, Bud Hopkins, yeah, who was my my friend for many years, and I was introduced uh, to him by Dr. Anne Heineck in the 80s. And, uh, as a, but I, I, never, I, never, I always was more kind of interested in the missing times, in that cases where you are in the road and, uh, and you kind of lost consciousness and you continue driving, and finally you do 100 miles with a few gallons of, of gasoline. And that happened in the 70s and uh, happened during uh, racing during the big wave of 1978 in North Patagonia, no? And with this, these racers, they were kind of tracked up by a beam of light and they lost consciousness and finally they were putting down and they realized they did 150 miles extra with few gallons of gasoline. No? 
<laughs> that was a proof. <laughs> well, something was manipulating the space and time, no? Not only the Betty and uh, Betty Hill, Barney and Betty Hill case have that type of uh, missing time. There were many other, or Travis Walton, etc., etc. You have many other interesting cases where the people, uh, they lost kind of, uh, they get early or they get too late to destination. No? And when they get late, they, they realize kind of, uh, they make so much mileage with not too much gasoline to make. And that, that is strange distortions of space and time is related to UFOs, but this witness, they used to say, oh, we saw a train, train passing through the, <laughs> through the road in front of us. They always describe with a kind of uh, uh, big structures with many windows, lighting windows, as you saw in, in pictures today, too. Uh, flying sometimes, but in that time, we were in, in ground. They weren't horizontal. They were on, on the ground. They were landing. Today we don't have landings at all. It's very strange that uh, the phenomenon. And we have not too many pictures. In Mexico we have some picture of these lighting trains. When you see a lot of windows, four or four or windows. Or, but in other cases, yeah, the people describe passing trains with their lighting cars. In areas where they are not railroads, <laughs> they were <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but sometimes these these structures they airborne, and sometimes they airborne, and suddenly multiple witnesses describe of giant stadiums, flying giant stadiums, uh, created by the joining forces of many many lights coming from. From the all the four cardinal points, you know, from all the directions in the sky, has happened a case I researched in detail in the 80s, where the this area in the Pampas were kind of uh, witnessing uh, their engines were kind of getting disabled. They stopped dry. The batteries went off. The electromagnetic effect used to be called in the ufology of the that time of the 70s, 80s. But the interesting things, this kind of uh, dwellers and gauchos and, and cowboys from that dry lands, steppes, pampas, they described the lights were coming from many directions and creating and a structure. And it's happened today. Today we have an independent lies creating structures that happened in the Phoenix lies in 1997, happened in many of the sightings of the Navy in 2014, 2017, 16, around this decade in the Atlantic, in the Atlantic as uh, this uh, this season your coffee orders are getting warmer and your outfits are getting cozier 
The world keeps changing, and so does COVID-19. That's why this season's COVID-19 shots have been updated. They're one of the best ways to help protect yourself against COVID-19. You can get a COVID-19 shot at the same visit as a flu shot if you're due for both, as recommended by the CDC. Talk to your healthcare provider to learn more and schedule at vaccines.gov. And don't forget to get extra cinnamon spice. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. AT&T and Verizon lure you in with their best phone offers, only to lock you into a three-year phone contract. Three years! Missing out on the latest, greatest phones because you're trapped by your carrier. Not at T-Mobile. Break free from three-year phone contracts with our best Go 5G plans and say goodbye to being stuck with an outdated phone. Now, with T-Mobile's best Go 5G plans, upgrade when you want. Every year or every two, you decide. At T-Mobile, you have more choice than ever to take charge of your upgrade. All on America's largest 5G network. Visit T-Mobile.com now to take charge of your phone upgrades. One-year upgrade on Go 5G Next requires financing new qualifying device and upgrading in good condition after six-plus months with 50% paid off. Upgrade ends financing and any promo credits. See T-Mobile.com. We moved 10 in. Uh, what is his name? Ryan. Ryan. He, he, he was witness, yeah. Ryan Graves. Ryan, Ryan Graves, Graves, yes. Yeah. He was witnessing this, this kind of objects, swarming objects coming from dif- different places and creating a special structure, no? Independent. It happened also in the flap. In Belgium, in Belgium, in 1989, 1989-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1991-1
his locomotive was flying on the, on the sky. And it was kind of uh, in the distance, maybe it was one mile from our group, we called the liquid light, what was changing form. Liquid light. Uh, the liquid light. And it, when it was close to us, was a giant star with all this kind of light rays. Yeah, it was a beautiful Christmas star, you know? That's <laughs> the one you put in the, the top of the trees. And they landed in front of ice and, and buried itself on the ground, producing a big swirl, a kind of dust devil, and produce a kind of a, a light, a flashing compact light, and disappear. They went down. So this this kind of object, they have the power to dig themselves and penetrate the matter. They pass the matter as you you, you kind of pass through, through the water, no? And recent sighting from the Navy proved that, no? So the, the elements, the four elements are, are really manipulated as you're manipulated. Uh, object when you're cooking in your kitchen. <laughs> I want to I ask you regarding the UFO phenomenon. Do you believe in your research that you've done yeah. over the decades? Do you believe yeah. this is alien technology that we are seeing or advanced technology maybe out of places like Area 51 that are 50 to 80 years ahead of what we know right now? No, I that's I had the privilege to start to research the phenomenon in the late 70s when the technology was a little behind and it was not too kind of advanced as it's today. No? In the time of the sales, in the time of the black bear planes, I I went to be curious, I, I went to snoop around the Area 51 30 years ago. <laughs> and uh, when it, just everything was starting before or during the time of Bob Lazar. But uh, no, I think the phenomena, as we thought in during the flap of the big wave of 1978 is, uh, is not from this earth. No, no I, don't, I don't think the Chinese have the technology. I don't think neither the Russians have the technology. The U.S. have very have advanced technology, but I was reflecting about these spheres, these mm -hmm. metal kind of big spheres who fly in high speed, and uh, still we cannot really. I share the same position of the Navy guys with uh, as Commander Fravor and also Graves that it's not uh, it's not from this earth. I always keep that. Play. So where do but, you where uh, do you think they are coming from? From Mars? <laughs> no, from below Mars. Yeah, from the the underground channels of of the Chaparral. No, I think it's. Uh, I. I start to speculate with the parallel dimensions. I, I, I wrote one book what is related to the... This was my first book what took about parallel dimensions. And this came out, this came out in 1979. I was very 
very young when I wrote it. This is the remake of the book, Parallel Wars, when I was I was pushing the theory of parallel universes as one explanatory of several phenomena coming from the ground, entering the ground, jumping in the ground, <laughs> jumping in the sky, jumping in the water, going in the water, disappearing in all the four elements, including fire, one, one case I researched in 1982 was, this object was, they, the object burned a complete town, you know, also in Argentina, and this, you know, blows a flame and was a big wind. The Sonda wind was a powerful wind as the Sirocco in, in Africa, similar to that kind of very high tromba wind. And, uh, yes, it's, uh, it's a kind of, uh, to talk about if they're coming from a long solar system, another galaxy, another exoplanet similar to the Earth, it's, it's hard to prove, but I imagine all these exoplanets they have similar evolution to to us, and they couldn't really. We could they could develop similar parallel, no no dimensions of uh, creativity or invention, but similar life. Bi biology. Do you believe then that there are bases on the moon of alien descent? Maybe that's why we haven't gone back. No. I think the the moon I used to to kind of look with telescopes since I was a kid the moon exploring what I could see with my father I remember growing up with my aunt, uncle too and we used to see satellites flying but you no know, in the craters we didn't find too much activity. Mars is possible they have really some type of life being, but in the solar system looks very, very naked, very desertic, unfortunately. I wish we have some kind of more, more evidence of uh, biological or any kind of advanced life, but uh, no, no, in this, in this, uh, Milky Way, I think we have to look more farther in the limits of the other other galaxies and nebulae. But I'm not an astronomer, and uh, but uh, I think doesn't mean anything. <laughs> astro astrophysics or astronomer at this time of the game, uh, I think is when you see the universe, when you're on the top of the Andes, on the top of the Himalayas, and you see, oh, so much light, electricity, oh my God, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lighted universe, no? It's, it's so much, so much power, and it's, I, I think it's no more loneliness. The question is still right, why, why we don't have really a contact? But well, maybe we have a contact. I, I 
Now you study interesting cases, I'm not going to mention some, but I, the, the television guys constant, they, they copy my stories and they don't, they don't really call me what I'm doing, <laughs> including the British, the British pirates, yeah. But... Uh, this season your coffee orders are getting warmer and your outfits are getting cozier. The world keeps changing, and so does COVID-19. That's why this season's COVID-19 shots have been updated. They're one of the best ways to help protect yourself against COVID-19. You can get a COVID-19 shot at the same visit as a flu shot if you're due for both, as recommended by the CDC. Talk to your healthcare provider to learn more and schedule at vaccines.gov. And don't forget to get extra cinnamon spice. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. AT&T and Verizon lure you in with their best phone offers, only to lock you into a three-year phone contract. Three years! Missing out on the latest, greatest phones because you're trapped by your carrier. Not at T-Mobile. Break free from three-year phone contracts with our best Go 5G plans and say goodbye to being stuck with an outdated phone. Now, with T-Mobile's best Go 5G plans, upgrade when you want. Every year or every two, you decide. At T-Mobile, you have more choice than ever to take charge of your upgrade. All on America's largest 5G network. Visit T-Mobile.com now to take charge of your phone upgrades. One-year upgrade on Go 5G Next requires financing new qualifying device and upgrading in good condition after six-plus months with 50% paid off. Upgrade ends financing and any promo credits. See T-Mobile.com. Yeah, there are many evidence. Hold on right there, Alex, because we are going to go to break here at the top of the hour. Alex Ginetti is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. We're breaking down the mysteries of the universe. What do the aliens want? Where are these monsters hiding? A fun show so far. Stay tuned. Hour 2 is next. There we go. There we go. Dirty filth, we're going to turn this bad boy over to you. Alex, we have six minutes. I'm going to go check on my boy here. Okay? So I'm going to just step away here for a minute. Okay. Yes. There he goes. Hold on. I'm trying to get you put in the center here. There there we go. I'll be right back, guys. (laughs) So I decided I would draw the cube inside of a sphere that they seen back in 2014. Right, but uh, the one with the legs is uh, from the Pacific. I had to throw him in there for good measure. He's having a <laughs> chuckle. <laughs> that is a flavor one with the little legs. Yeah. I, I don't think it actually ever had legs. I think no, everyone no, just started no, drawing no. them in. And... That's like, that's like, yours? Yeah. Or the flavor one? I just add them in because I've kind of seen a whole bunch of animated drawings and computer ones, and they had little landing pads. Plus, it makes it more recognizable. Dave had pizza last night and was showing it off to everybody in the in the group chat. I was kind of upset about it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I wish they would show a picture of the cube inside of the sphere. Right. 
I know. I, I, why didn't have pictures? That, that is a good question. And uh, some people said uh, they make a mistake. They said it was in a sphere inside of the this, uh, the cube, and the cube inside of the sphere. <laughs> right. well, I think, well, make your mind. I. But I yeah, wondered... but it was was a cube inside of the sphere. Yeah, I always wondered if if these guys take pilots take a picture with their phone, it's not like the phone has any secret technology. They should be allowed to share that kind of stuff. Right. You are in the cockpit. You could you could pull your phone and take it no matter what, you know? Well, the good thing about flying, it's not like you're gonna drive into the rear end of somebody's car or something. Right. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to get a ticket <laughs> to make a phone yeah. call. <laughs> Yeah, you can Maybe play with your phone. Nobody's going to stop you. <laughs> right. Oh. And also, well, the planes have cameras, too. Where I am surprised we don't have more recording from the Navy guys. That was my first impression. Right. But I... in, in the shooters, they have they have cameras. And, uh, that yeah, is a question. cameras on everything. Right, I would like to do to Frey or said why you don't have more pictures of the Tic Tac. No? Okay, uh, Android Paranormal says Corbell and, Jor- ah. Corbell and Knapp released three different pilot photos from a cell phone. I apparently live under a rock. Right, but... I'll have to ha- yeah, but... Uh, the one who have the triangular shape. Is that one? I think it was that one, no? The one who is flashing, the triangular flashing? Yeah, um, I'm not 100% positive, so I'll just... I'm not sure. Google Batman. I thought the Batman UFO android was a balloon. They explain it. They, They explain it later in the recent document. They explain the triangular thing uh, with the flashing, and they they explain the defense intelligence guys. They explain it was uh, the Batman and the other ones. They were kind of uh, balloons, and that was the some 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 friend of mine researchers also when the picture were published. They arrive to the same conclusion. All right, that's pretty interesting. I was thinking, if if they shot down those objects as well over Canada and the states, it would be kind of interesting to see those as well, because the Canadian government said they seen something like thirty two different objects were intercepted. I wonder in, in the past February. I think it was early. It was early this year when they shot that Chinese right. drone or whatever down. Apparently, there was thirty-two that the Canadian government was informed about. But of course, the prime minister is probably checking his socks out or something. So, leave the socks alone; they're innocent. <sighs> leave the bee. Yeah, well, how are you doing? Kind of always have good good cases. Yeah. Area 51, thank you for joining us. And let's see here. 
Reminder to all of you that if you haven't joined our Space Travelers Club yet, I'm putting the link in the chat room. And we can make things happen right there. Support us that way. The Super Chat is open. Thank you tonight to Vaughn, Lord William, Veteran Surf Jaron Thomas Fessler for the great support of SOR. And you can do your shopping at spacedoutradio.com. If you haven't already, we'd love it, love it, love it, love it. If you haven't yet, hit subscribe, ring that bell. We are here seven days a week working hard for you. Baby UFO, how you doing? Juliana, nice to see you. Jimmy, thank you for joining us. <coughs> Excuse me. And we're going to get going here in five seconds. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with the second hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Familiastry. Familistry is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the clam sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show. And you can support it us by joining the Space Travelers Club on Patreon. We continue on tonight with Alex Cianetti. He is our guest. He is a man who goes looking for the world's best mysteries all around the world, chasing them. He's a journalist. He's a filmmaker. He's a little bit of everything. And Alex, thank you so much for being with us tonight. We very much appreciate your support. You're Alex, regarding the, the idea that we are being visited where are some of the hot spots you have found in your travels? The hot spots. One is well, Argentina. This place called Victoria in Argentina, where there's a Paraná River uh, estuaries with this this kind of concentration of lights. They come from. Uh, the water and uh, they disappear on the water, but also they fly around. As I just explained, that sighting I have with this uh, star, Christmas star, buried itself in front of us and produce a kind of uh, a weird debit of, of dust and light. And uh, also, they melt the fences in, uh, in high degree of uh, temperature uh, the government opened the uh, division of the military uh, tactic scientific uh, yeah division to research these effects of uh, landing sites burning grounds and burning fences 
uh, in the late uh, 90s. Um, uh, also, well, the other place is Mexico. Mexico, I think, is uh, if it's going to be a first contact or final contact, it's going to be in Mexico, but Mexico has been accumulating and is still accumulating not only the volcanoes, but in the central valley of Mexico. The maximum activity in the world is uh, is in the central valley near Mexico City, who is the second bigger city in the world with population, no? But uh, a country who have formations of hundreds of objects over the this season, your coffee orders are getting warmer and your outfits are getting cozier. The world keeps changing, and so does COVID-19. That's why this season's COVID-19 shots have been updated. They're one of the best ways to help protect yourself against COVID-19. You can get a COVID-19 shot at the same visit as a flu shot if you're due for both, as recommended by the CDC. Talk to your healthcare provider to learn more and schedule at vaccines.gov. And don't forget to get extra cinnamon spice. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. AT&T and Verizon lure you in with their best phone offers, only to lock you into a three-year phone contract. Three years! Missing out on the latest, greatest phones because you're trapped by your carrier. Not at T-Mobile. Break free from three-year phone contracts with our best Go 5G plans and say goodbye to being stuck with an outdated phone. Now, with T-Mobile's best Go 5G plans, upgrade when you want Every year, or every two, you decide. At T-Mobile, you have more choice than ever to take charge of your upgrade, all on America's largest 5G network. Visit T-Mobile.com now to take charge of your phone upgrades. One-year upgrade on Go 5G Next requires financing new qualifying device and upgrading in good condition after six-plus months with 50% paid off. Upgrade ends financing and any promo credits. See T-Mobile.com. The uh, runaways of the of the airport, Benito Juarez, they made one of the. You, you have this kind of, uh, we could say, uh, spheres, uh, or objects, metallic objects, or lighting objects, when they are showing at night, and uh, more metallic during the daylight, and uh, over over the this airport and, uh, and they are detected by the radar the radars we have also the volcanoes where the objects are coming inside outside of the of the of the volcano all the cameras the the cameras installations are recording for several years in the last 10 years of just coming in and out <clears throat> also, the other volcanoes, as the Toluca, Nevado de Toluca, also show a lot of activity. No? And uh, I did several uh, operatives uh, well, many years ago, in the 90s, between the tower, the operators of radars and sightings, Inside of these valleys, you know, and uh, I record also in video some of these objects falling with so much speed 
as metallic bodies, uh, metallic uh, objects, meteoritical fall, free fall, in the same time, uh, one of the operators of the central radar was telling, look in that direction, the object is over you guys. And we look and we saw this, this kind of social type of object falling to the to the ground and disappearing the horizon was very very weird and some of the objects looked like they had the typical shape of hat hat shape you no know, with the dome and, and the so sort of thing and uh, for example during these sightings some of the witnesses were the fire department but they saw this this light as almost producing a fiery, fiery, shining, fiery uh, condition. No. In one of the landings, they have they have several landings, 94, 95. In the same time of the landing in uh, in South Africa, in Zimbabwe, in the in this school, what with multiple witnesses, in the same time there were landings in Mexico, in September of 94. And the chief of the fire department said, well, we went, we, we chased the object. The object landed in in the park, in one kind of uh, municipal park, county park. And the park was kind of close, but uh, they saw kind of humanoids in front of the object. The same as the uh, Aero School, no? Okay. I don't know if you're familiarized yes. with that. Yeah. The same time. <laughs> and, uh, and they were kind of... Uh, and the radar of the, of the city detect activity. Right. It's not too much red tape as here, and it's all the ufologies we have access. Yeah. And uh, many things. Jaime Maussan, who is uh, the leader ufologist uh, in the city of Mexico City and also in, in all the country, have, have validity also. Unfortunately, he he has so many cases where he cannot, uh, no, not totally unexplainable. And, and there are and they mix, they mix kind of hoaxy case, but also we have so many smart people doing hoaxes in the in the, in the country, no? Uh, and they are very good doing photographic hoaxes. You know? um, but there are real real cases, yeah. and it's that is another case. Well, California has many cases too. It's uh, I cannot tell you. It's a uh, hot spot as the other ones I mentioned but uh, we have Hesdalen also Norway which is uh, similar to the Victoria Lights but we cannot really explain the sightings are kind of so supernatural or natural no? but we back again to the old theory of the plasma no? plasma formation Electrical plasma, natural plasma concentrations, yeah, 
in certain certain locations in the world. Right. Before we get to some audience questions, you have also chased down a number of interesting creatures from chupacabra to mothman and and other things in between. What do you think these cryptid creatures are? Do you think they're alien? Do you think they're from another world, another dimension? Yes, it's, it's, I, I don't like to kind of explain all these uh, cryptozoological uh, sightings of the strange animals through the dimensional, dimensional kind of uh, activity or dimensional physical explanation, no? And, uh, for example, with these uh, glacial lakes, plesiosaurus, as the Loch Ness monster, or the Champion, the Lake Vermont, and, and another familiar creatures, uh, we have in, in different places. For example, I study in these glacial lakes of Patagonia this creature called the Nahuelito or Nahuelin, who is uh, it's a kind of uh, prehistoric swimming animal. And we have videos, we have uh, multiple sightings from qualified witness, from forest rangers to uh, zoologists. And, uh, but we never really have any approach all this kind of fauna, of biped fauna or swimming creatures from the Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Nessie, Nahuelito, Champi, and other ones, looks like we have this super spectrum of no, no uh, impossible to, to kind of uh, touch it, impossible to really have a capture, uh, impossible to have really a first contact. Why? That is the question, why? It's, uh, it's uh, something that is more in the level of, of uh, non-tangible, non-approachable, not totally physical. That is, we really excuse ourselves talking about the dimension, no? the parallel dimension. I wish we have a, a different type of uh, uh, third solution or explanation. Well, but, that, that uh, brings up that brings up a good point, though. What is what is your your uh, explanation for what is going on? <laughs> Yeah, well, I remember that was before Halloween in 2008, and that happened in New Jersey. One day before Halloween, I saw one of these big panthers in the back, in the back of my home, and that was not a cat. That was a giant cat. And in that time, there were some pictures, and there were many sightings of these black ghost felines, ghost panthers, in New Jersey, it's a great picture in Tom's River, uh, which is not too far from 
my home now, and uh, where the, peop the people shot this giant cat in the field, no? And it's, the people start to make measurements, measure, <laughs> but that was not the, the kind of uh, domestic cat. That was a black <laughs> And the one I saw, that was not the domestic cat neither. And my neighbor's children saw it and they said, no, it was, they said, oh, it was a big cat, big cat. But I found the feces and the feces were not the, the dimension of, of a normal cat. It was huge. And uh, that kind of thing, these this ghost creatures. Well, they show up and after they disappear, but I don't believe in this. Also, there are stray, stray uh, kind of tigers, uh, lions who escape from the circus or they escape from what is called uh, private, private owners or private, uh, private activity, you know. And uh, where they come from and where they go. You have also the, you have so much collection of UFO cases with a lot of consume of energy, landing, humanoids entering, exiting, uh, professional witness, uh, officers from the law, yeah, pilots. Where are all these, these sightings? We have, where are all the craft? Where are all these matter of deciding they went to some place and they come from some place no and I, I don't believe in their theory of their bases or they are kind of a giant flying zoos zoological flying institution or underground circus or subterranean kind of uh, cages with animals where where is the all these sea serpents are reproducing itself? Yeah, I I have I have all documents. For example, I I retrieve one document for a serious researcher who was a governor of one North Patagonia, the Chubut province, and he have all the reports. He put all the police to track down, and it's. The people have, they took these footprints of this creature walking and, and this sea serpent on these places are coming out from this Patagonian lake. Uh, they did all this forensic analysis. Yeah. And there's the people call it el cuero, the skin, in the side of Chile, between Chile and Argentina. And they saw it floating, and sometimes these creatures have tentacles coming from the from the the, the shell, from the caparazón, from the core. Hmm. So, out of right. all out of all the why 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 the museums uh, they don't have more kind of these physical uh, creatures? No, so we we have why we don't have the bones of Bigfoot. Yeah, I remember I went to visit John Green, who was a great researcher in, in your land, 
Mm-hmm. Harrison. Harrison, yeah. That, I used to live right by there. Uh-huh. And yeah. And I was, I know exactly I, I, where you were. Right. And it's, you have all these paleontologists trying to get evidence of the Bigfoot, but we don't have any single skeleton. Why would we have one at least? No? At least. I will be happy with one. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I have seen three now. I have seen three, yeah. yes. And I've heard a couple more. And it is... You saw, you saw the full creature? or the, the full saw creature? the full creature. Really? Oh, lucky you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in 2013, I was within 100 feet of two of them. And the second one, the second one, I got a full back and head back of the head profile of it. Never turned to look at me. And then last year uh, on Canadian Thanksgiving weekend, I actually, with uh, my son and two of my buddies, about nine forty-five at night, we saw about a ten-footer, about a hundred yards away from us, while we were out looking. No, no chance to take pictures with the cellulars? Or? It was, the first time caught me off guard. The second time I wasn't ready for it. And I and believe it or not, I like I'm not a researcher, okay? I, I go out for the experience. And I don't even, yes, I have my cell phone with me, but I don't even carry a, cam- a camera. I'm not, I'm not here for anybody else but my own selfish reasons when I'm out in the field. Just, I'm an enthusiast. You know, I I don't need somebody to tell me what is real or what is not or, or if it's flesh and blood or not or don't need it. I just want to have the experience and enjoy it. Yeah, I respect that. I, I think that what you said is very, very interesting, but uh, right. Sometimes you have a camera the objects they are not going to to manifest or the phenomenon is not going to be close to you mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, when you try to apprehend a paranormal phenomenon this this runaway or the dissolve or that is the immanence of this nature this different nature of the matter I remember when I, 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 I had the chance to record that that sighting of the liquid light, but uh, but I didn't have the chance to record when the object was very close to us and landed, landed in front of us. But we had a problem with the tripod, and I, I, we were kind of paralyzed looking at the thing, no? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get kind of shocked, shocked and all. Um, but, yeah, I understand your... What you what you said, no, unless. But with with the Bigfoot, I think all the people who are researching Bigfoot, so they they get that fascination. They want to be they want to be Bigfoot. <laughs> they want to transform themselves. They want to be the same kind of. Uh, have you have you had close encounters with cryptid creatures? As we get about ninety seconds left. The only one was that that giant cat, that the black panther in the in my backyard, and I saw it through through the window. I went inside to look for the camera. <laughs> when I come, I came back to the bathroom the bathroom uh, window. 
was gone. But I found, I told you, I found the giant feces and uh, I, I talked with the, the neighbors who, who really corroborated my, my experience. I was not the only one who saw the big, big cat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I didn't really, I, I was trying to kind of have a sighting of the, this glacial lacustrian lake, uh, lacustrian creature. El Nahuelito from the Lake uh, Nahuel Huapi in Bariloche, Argentina, Rio Negro province. But uh, no luck the days I went out trying to see it. But I talked with many witnesses. And uh, I was also researching the sighting of living dinosaurs in northern Chile. In Arica, also I did, I did an special, I did a, a, a program for Josh Gates and Destination Truth. Yeah. Hold on, right uh, there. Hold on, right there, because we are going to go to break here. It's our final break with you tonight, Alex, as we yeah. have you until the top of the hour here on Spaced Out Radio. When we return, we will get to some audience questions for you. Because I know there's a number of them that I've seen so far. And I love it when we get in the audience participation. Alex Cianetti, his website, PatagonianExpress.com. I suggest you check it on out. We will be back with Spaced Out Radio right after this. Stay tuned. with my internet tonight. Derek Galloway saying Dave Scott. Derek Galloway. Hi, Major Lee. How are you? Debster, how you doing? Beautiful. Uh, who else is here tonight? T-Bone, my man, with a nice super sticker right there. Dropping three big Canadian bucks, a toonie and a loony right there. We appreciate that. that that's a medium ice cap right there, buddy. <clears throat> Ouch, Dave is not a field researcher, but a field hockey player. Oh, what did I do to you? Tokeland, how are you? Thank you, Debster. The beautiful Debster right there. CS, good evening to you. <clears throat> uh, Kurt M., the good part about it is my area didn't have any fires this year. The closest fire to me was... About 35 miles south. <clears throat> but they got that out really quickly. We're out of fire danger now. So, 
we're starting to cool down quite quickly here. So we're out of the fire danger for 2023. And even this season, your coffee orders are getting warmer and your outfits are getting cozier. The world keeps changing. And so does COVID-19. That's why this season's COVID-19 shots have been updated. They're one of the best ways to help protect yourself against COVID-19. You can get a COVID-19 shot at the same visit as a flu shot if you're due for both, as recommended by the CDC. Talk to your healthcare provider to learn more and schedule at vaccines.gov. And don't forget to get extra cinnamon spice. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. AT&T and Verizon lure you in with their best phone offers, only to lock you into a three-year phone contract. Three years. Missing out on the latest, greatest phones because you're trapped by your carrier. Not at T-Mobile. Break free from three-year phone contracts with our best Go 5G plans and say goodbye to being stuck with an outdated phone. Now, with T-Mobile's best Go 5G plans, upgrade when you want. Every year or every two, you decide. At T-Mobile, you have more choice than ever to take charge of your upgrade. All on America's largest 5G network. Visit T-Mobile.com now to take charge of your phone upgrades. One-year upgrade on Go 5G Next requires financing new qualifying device and upgrading in good condition after six-plus months with 50% paid off. Upgrade ends financing and any promo credits. See T-Mobile.com. Like when when it was at its hottest... We had a couple of really hot days, but um, we never got close. Like, the grass was quite green and the forests were quite green throughout the year. We had a lot of really cool nights where it'd be like 85 to 95 degrees Fahrenheit during the day, and then it would rain at night, which was really cool to just kind of cool things down a little bit. So, that was a lot of fun. <clears throat> What's that in kilometers? About 30, 30 to 36 degrees Celsius. Uh, oh, in kilometers. Um, 35 miles, it's about 55 kilometers. Simon the Likeable, how are you? Good to see you, my man. You having fun, Alex? Yes. Very good. Very good program. Yeah, I like it. Thank you. Yeah. We're talking about the cave of Tayos. One second. The Ecuador underground lost cities. Yes.
Okay, uh, big thank you to Deb, T-Bone, Vaughn Times 2, Lord William, Surf Jair, our great veteran, and Thomas Hessler for the wonderful super chats. We very much appreciate the love and support. You can also join the Space Travelers Club, everybody. I'm going to put it up in the chat room right now. Uh, we are going to be putting more up there, but we need your support. And you can shop at our website, spacedoutradio.com. And hang on out with us. <clears throat> Excuse me. And hang on out and get your swag there. And if you haven't already, do us a favor. Hit that subscribe button. Ring that bell. Because we are here for you. Yes, we are. We're hanging on out. All right. Ten seconds, everybody. And uh, then we'll get going. for the second half of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to all of you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, we keep all of our archives free. So you can join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio, or you can download the podcast, whether it's on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and every other podcast format in between. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, has a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag, follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join the Space Travelers Club on Patreon. Okay, let's continue on here as we have Alex Chinetti until the top of the hour, and we are talking about... Everything from monsters to aliens. And I want to ask you, before we get into audience questions, about ancient civilizations. Do you think whether it's in Peru or whether it's in Egypt or the Mayans or anything, do you believe they had help from extraterrestrials in building their pyramids and their cities? Yes, in my travels and expeditions, I, I found that. Uh, some very kind of uh, strange type of constructions who are not possible to explain through normal human architecture or engineering. Uh, mostly in the Andes is the area where they explore more, also in Egypt too. And uh, looks like was a previous, in some level was a contact, uh, not only for the physical constructions, but still, we cannot explain the the solid uh, the cut on uh, and through normal terms how these kind of stones were manipulated, were di- dissolved, and we couldn't really found the the formulas in their kind of uh, oral tradition. Or also in the legends, but the, the legends, the mythology support in, in the high altitudes of the Andes for some kind of uh, 
no hybridization, but uh, some type of communication with uh, the guts. And uh, it's, it's hard to prove, and uh, I don't want to uh, do kind of uh, this minute, this minute, uh, yeah, belittle the capacities, the architectonical cap, uh, capacities, but. I researched, for example, for many years, uh, the cave of Tajos in the Amazonian jungle of Ecuador, and, and I, I found this type of uh, constructions below the earth, totally different of the rest of the constructions above the earth. That was one of the, the elements I found. I also explored Tiahuanaco during the last uh, decades and some angles of the Tiahuanaco culture, the Aymaras, the Aymaras, they get lost in the night of the times. We are talking about thousands of thousands kind of uh, years ago. Unfortunately, we don't have writing testimony in this, in this, in the Andean cultures. We have only the quipus. Uh, these knots, but a difference of the Egyptians who left geographical writings, or the Mayans who left also glyph writings, in form of, uh, yeah, glyphos. And, but uh, still we, we have to really continue exploring and uh, to see if we, we could find more, more data about these cultures, but still we are not, we are scrapping only the surface. The chronologies are much more old than the official science and archaeology things. All right, still, the, also the archaeologists are always digging the same pit and they start to broad the, the search. That is one of my my experiences, but we have all these parallel narratives of the gods coming from inside of the earth, and, and, and these legends, I think, are based in, in a different interpretation of the ones are also uh, based, or they're explained through the imagination of the peoples, but it's not only imagination, but also the, it's neither, I don't really totally support the von Daniken theory, what he want to explain about lost technologies, and these technologies, they were very similar to our modern technology. I think right. in the past, they have a different type, but uh, we cannot explain everything through the contact with extraterrestrial humanoid technology. All right, all right. If if they helped with the human technology, does this mean that, you know, I always look at the case with the Egyptians that, you know, the gentleman in the 1930s in Miami who built the Coral Castle, he said he, right. had, he, said he had the answers to uh -huh. how the Egyptians would do it, but he did everything behind a big sheet and wouldn't allow people to see how he was moving multi-tons of coral from one location to another 
by himself, a meek old man. I mean, doesn't that it, prove yeah. that it, maybe it was an aliens? Well, it brought many secrets to the grave, but uh, the coral is not too heavy as we think, and uh, he, used, he used to kind of sustain it using axes. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's very interesting, the, all the story of it, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very intriguing and but the use of kind of uh, gravitational forces, uh, the manipulation of the gravity or, or the secret of using some techniques where you could really trick the gravitational kind of gimmick is maybe the points to explain some of the coral castle constructions. Yeah, but it's not, uh, we cannot make comparison between the Andean massive monoliths, megaliths with the, the, the coral material. Right. Okay. Well, let's get to some audience questions because they've been waiting for a while. Let's start oh. off with the Parababes who are asking, do you know anything about the Fresno Nightcrawler in California? Yes, I remember when that came out, that videos and. uh, yeah, this friendly guy who was uh, Camacho. Camacho was the radio program. Victor, Victor Camacho was an old friend who was the first who researched and broadcast that story. And by the way, a friend of mine he wrote a screenplay about this, this, these creatures. Yeah, I'm still waiting. He's finishing. Uh, I didn't have the chance to talk with the witness, uh, the, the guys who, the Latin guys who record the the long <laughs> creatures, but they're very eerie. I don't know. I, I don't think it's a, it's an animation. I don't think it's a kind of a, a, a hoax. I, I have uh, more than 50% that could be authentic. That, that video. Yeah, very easy. But uh, I, I don't know other cases of the Fresno. Fresno has many other interesting kind of uh, uh, mysteries. I found this kind of uh, private pyramidal construction near, near, near Fresno. And there were interesting UFO stories also. Uh, a case regarding Bigfoot. I was in a in a show of uh, I think Freddie Jerry, Jerry Jerry Gonzalez have a program there about all the mysteries around Fresno. Yeah, but the Nightcrawler, yeah, we we have only that case, and we didn't find another recordings or witness to see all this. Uh, long legs, stilts, stilts type of uh, apparition. Okay, let's go to another question here. This one from UFO Whistleblowers. What do you think the Vatican has for UFO evidence? Well, uh, 
David Grouch was talking about the Mussolini files. It's funny, I don't want to kind of see of the, the vanity of the the researcher, but I brought that story of the Mussolini Gabinet 33 20 years ago. Uh, a friend of, of mine, uh, one of the top researchers, Roberto Pinotti and Alfredo Lizzoni, were the recipients of these telegrams who talk about this uh, crash, the sighting and crash in northern Italy of this uh, rocket shape, shape of, of UFO. I remember I brought it uh, to the States. I, I gave a lecture to ufological group in New Jersey. Also, I tried to get the attention of History Channel about the the story to do a documentary, but the people in history, they said, oh, no, the public only knows German Nazis. The Italian, forget it. <laughs> no Italians. <laughs> yeah, I have to really eat it. And that the story was, nobody really reviewed it until David Grosch mentioned one of the first cases of crash and retrieval was in 1933. And, uh, and the Italians, they give it to the Vatican, and the Vatican give it to the invading uh, liberating forces, to Eisenhower, and Eisenhower brought it to the state. But there are no really evidence of that second part. The Vatican have many secrets. They have time machines. <laughs> they have a lot of collections of weird stuff, and... I didn't really explore the cryptozoology in the Vatican archive, but sure, I, 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 bet, I bet you the, the Italians have many stories from giant crocodiles in, in, the, <laughs> in near Rome or in Tuscany to other type of creatures in the Alps. But uh, sure, sure, the Vatican have uh, uh, stories beyond. Uh, the possession of demons and exorcism. <laughs> they have uh, some UFO cases, yeah. And, uh, yeah, they're very good in, in... The Italians are very good in compilate information to retrieve through their sources. And, uh, and the Vatican have all, not only the information of uh, in their own... Uh, Principado of the Vatican, who is independent but is part of Italy, but not only in Italy, but the rest of the world. They have documents from the time of the conquista, the time of the of the conquistadores. No, I, I imagine they have many many reports on that regarding to the Mussolini case and the objects uh, retrieved with humanoids in in Venice and also. In, uh, in Milano, as the documents of the telegrams from this special X-Files division of Mussolini uh, talks. And nobody really make a research on the Vatican uh, library about if there are some telegrams as the ones were clear in, in the year 2000. This happened in the year 2000. I brought it in the year 2001 to the state and they totally ignored me. David Grosch, he took it 
from the sources. He didn't really took it from any documents. He took it from Elizondo. He took it from and Elizondo took it from another uh, Dutch researcher instead to to kind of connect with uh, Dr. Roberto Pinotti or Lisoni, but Elizondo was invited two years ago and he received a lot of documents from the Kuhn Centro Ufologico Nazionale, who are all friends of mine and I used to lecture to them in the International World Conference of San Marino. And uh, in this uh, this upcoming October is a big, uh, well, it's a co it's an annual conference of this group in Rimini, and David Grouch is going to be talking. Few people knows about this, and uh, it's going to be in the end of October. But again, the uh, the documents, the telegrams, looks like they were authentic. After was a, a charlatan researcher, an American one who make a lot of distortion, and he started to see that they were blown aliens in the crash, and the Germans took it to Germany for northern Italy, uh, passing over the Vatican. I, the, the story of the Vatican and Mussolini is not true. It was a distortion for these sensationalists. Uh, between quote informers, yeah, and they were Americans, and <laughs> no, they were not Italians. <laughs> yeah. Are we? I don't know if there's some, some Canadian there, but <laughs> right. Are are we played as fools by the Vatican by, by what they truly know about not only religion but of whether or not there is life out in the universe? Oh no, it's a. Uh, unfortunately, the people doesn't know, but the, the Vatican, a difference of other Christian organizations, they were pro-ETs. And uh, the Vatican have an observatory uh, in, uh, in Castel Gandolfo. It's outside of, of Rome, and it's part of this kind of uh, luxury area. And the ast astronomy department was an uh, Argentinian astronomer, Dr. the father Funes, who really was a champ of uh, spreading the theory of we are not alone. Um, also, we know it's a, a big tradition in the history of the Renaissance. Uh, we have Giordano Bruno. Giordano Bruno was uh, a priest, unfortunately, for believing in an extraterrestrial was burned at the stake, <laughs> but the time changed. <laughs> kind of now they, they don't really burn, but they study. And uh, also, the Vatican does these uh, symposiums, this congress on this season. Your coffee orders are getting warmer, and your outfits are getting cozier. The world keeps changing, and so does COVID 19. That's why this season's COVID-19 shots have been updated. They're one of the best ways to help protect yourself against COVID-19. You can get a COVID-19 shot at the same visit as a flu shot if you're due for both, as recommended by the CDC. Talk to your healthcare provider to learn more and schedule at vaccines.gov. And don't forget to get extra cinnamon spice. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. 
AT&T and Verizon lure you in with their best phone offers, only to lock you into a three-year phone contract. Three years! Missing out on the latest, greatest phones because you're trapped by your carrier. Not at T-Mobile. Break free from three-year phone contracts with our best Go 5G plans and say goodbye to being stuck with an outdated phone. Now, with T-Mobile's best Go 5G plans, upgrade when you want. Every year or every two, you decide. At T-Mobile, you have more choice than ever to take charge of your upgrade. All on America's largest 5G network. Visit T-Mobile.com now to take charge of your phone upgrades. One-year upgrade on Go 5G Next requires financing new qualifying device and upgrading in good condition after six-plus months with 50% paid off. Upgrade ends financing and any promo credits. Ctmobile.com. So biology, and I have been doing inviting ufologists to be lecturing inside of these Vatican walls. So that means they are uh, pro. I don't know the the Pope Francis is uh, a believer or is interesting in the subject, but the Vatican archives, now they are open to the public. They used to be closed, but the Father Bergoglio, Pope Francis, decided to be more democratic and open the files. They are not really kind of being so inquisitorial as before regarding uh, you have a special clearance or that thing, but uh, now it's more open. If you go to Italy, if you go to Rome, I recommend go to the Vatican and go to knock the door and, and break the balls there <laughs> to see if there are kind of some uh, some documents on UFOs. I, I believe you, there are a lot of materials. And I don't see any of my colleagues to really start to open that files. Yeah, I don't think we'll be prone. But uh, as I said, the head of the Vatican... Pope Francis is open to no no discriminatory uh, or anti-democratic position of hiding documentation in any, any degree. I'm totally convinced of that. Also, the, now is more time of transparency, and I should ufologists and uh, researchers used to go to knock that door on start to undust the fires. Okay. Do you believe then that within the libraries of the Vatican that there are hidden books regarding ET contact and and uh, life out there? Yeah, sure, sure. Sure, there are kind of uh, many cases. I, I used to go in my trips to Italy and permanence, I used to kind of uh, interview, go to the files, for example, in the case of the Inquisition and the Holy Office, uh, I researched the subject of uh, possible exorcism, possession, devil possession in the past, and some acts. And I, I have access to many of the documents, but you have to go through many huge books. <laughs> but if you could lift it, you're okay. And there are many records. They used to have many records and uh, in the time also. Uh, don't forget, Italy was under the Spaniard uh, uh, 
monarchy during 200 years. And the Spaniards also, they were very good filing. Also, the Vatican was under the control of of, uh, of the Spanish popes. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right, let's okay, get... We have, let's... have, we have better, a lot of information. I think it's uh, there. Let's get it's, to it's Peppa's very... question. Peppa wants to know, as we only got about two minutes, do you think the, the Sphinx. Sphinx is older than the first Egyptians? It's possible. Don't don't forget the face of the Sphinx. It's a negroid face, no? And it's, it's very eroded. We know Dr. Robert Schoch from Boston University. He proved the Sphinx is more older through the erosive walls, through the water and the floods and the lash. And, and he he backed the chronology eight thousand years. Him and John Anthony West, they did a very good research on that thing. Yeah, it's possible it's, it, that it's older than the first known Egyptians, yes. Wow. What is your message for everybody out there when it comes to monsters and mysteries? So we got about a minute to go. Well, still research. It could be the more small case could be a bigger case and it's uh, without any prejudice continue watching the skies watching the ground <laughs> follow the tracks you find in the in your garden on your near patio on your near kind of uh, botanical park yes yeah well, don't don't have prejudice and uh, be open and always the miracles around the corner well, you know what, Alex? It's been an absolute pleasure to have you here on Spaced Out Radio tonight. Tell everybody where they can find your information. Yeah, my website is Patagonian Express, patagonianexpress.com. And you could find me on Facebook and Instagram with my name. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Alex, thank you for coming on the big show tonight. We very much appreciate you. And coming up next on Spaced Out Radio. We're going to go to Steve Stockton from Among the Missing to kick off hour number three of the show with another creepy and spooky story. Then little Timmy Seedor will join us for the UFO report. Once again, we say thank you to Alex Giannetti for coming on and talking about the mysteries of the world. We will be right back with the third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio when we return. Stay tuned. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. Yeah, you. thank you. I to have it. That was fun. That was yeah, fun. I probably understand. Sometimes <laughs> I make some words. <laughs> we, we will with see. The Spanish or Italian. Yeah, but no, the Vatican have... Uh, I didn't return to Italy for several years, but the next time I landed in Rome, I can go to Perfect. We'll get you back. We'll get you back. All right, Alex, have a good night. Okay, Okay, Dave. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You too. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. What a nice guy. Just a great guy. You know what I liked about him? It was just a different perspective. A completely different perspective. Longevity and research. I loved it. I will be right back. I got to check on my boy. 
So I will be right back. All right, I am back and want to remind you that you can join the Space Travelers Club on Patreon. 
If you have it already, shine on up. Here we go. It's a great way to support what we do, guys. So we'd appreciate it. Hey, Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio. Super Duke. Super Duke. Yes. And uh, what else can I say to you guys? Oh, yeah. Thank you tonight to Thomas, Surf Jair, Lord William, Vaughn Times 2, T-Bone, and Deb for the great super chats. Very much appreciate the love and support, guys. Very much appreciate it. And if you want, go uh, to do a little shopping at spacedoutradio.com. We got some great, great swag there for you. Yeah, I'm going to have to design some more pretty soon here. Tom, I'm going to make that triple, Tom. How you doing, buddy? It's been a while. Nice to see you back in the chat room. Little Timmy Senor is looking good. Yeah, he's freshly shaved. Just so you know, I'm going to be ending the thread early tonight because I have to get up early with my son. So... Uh, I'm going to quickly edit the show behind the scenes and rush off to bed. And uh, I got to get up early with him to get him ready for school. And him and I are making a roast tomorrow morning that we're going to put in the slow cooker. So I'm pretty excited about that. All right, guys, here we go with the third hour. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. All right, here's the third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you for joining us. My name is Dave Scott, your host with the most tinfoil around. And we want to say hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us, will you, at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. You can do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Check out all of our podcasts as well. We're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, and every major platform in between. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Familistry. Familistry is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join our Space Travelers Club on Patreon. All right, it is that time of the night where we say hello to Steve Stockton from Among the Missing for another spooky story. Hello, friends. Welcome to Among the Missing YouTube channel on Spaced Out Radio. I'm Steve Stockton, and I'm about to take you on an unbelievable journey of people just like you. Their stories and encounters will haunt us on Among the Missing. Now, skinwalkers are a Native American creature, specifically on the Navajo Reservation, although there are stories of it in other tribes. It's said to be a witch that practices black magic, and it can change into an animal, such as a wolf or coyote at will, and has a main objective to take souls of people for themselves 
to cross more easily from their existence into ours. They will wear the skins of the animals they want to become, hence Skinwalker, and shapeshift into them. This story starts as a call to a Navajo ranger to investigate a sighting of a Skinwalker that was attacking animals on a ranch close to Window Rock, Arizona. Window Rock is the equivalent of what a state capital would be, but for the Navajo Nation Reservation. Navajo Rangers are law enforcement that are also trained to investigate paranormal reports on the Navajo Reservation. As the ranger made his way out to the call, this is the story he tells. I arrived at the Begay Ranch at 22.30 hours and set up near the first sighting or incident. Apparently by this time there had already been a sighting of the creature. I remained in my vehicle until 0030 hours and at that time conducted a foot patrol of the area and took a voice recorder with me. The following incident occurred. At 0053 hours, I heard what sounded like a whooping sound coming from in between the barn and a mesa on the west side of the property. When I arrived at the area where I thought the sound may have come from, I observed the animals awake and acting fearful. There was nothing visual that would lead me to believe the animal or skinwalker or whatever it was was in the area. Because of the mesa, it's hard to tell if the entity is or was on the property or closer to the mesa, which is about a half a mile away. I walked the perimeter of the barn and watched the area until 0330 hours when I returned to my vehicle. Nothing was observed for the rest of the night. This concluded the first night of the investigation. Night two, I arrived at the Begay Farm at 20.00 hours because tonight we have a team here. Myself, another investigator, ranger, a paranormal team of three, a veterinarian, and the property owners, Mr. and Ms. Begay. The objective tonight is to perform a necropsy on a farm animal that was found in the early morning hours by Mr. Begay during feeding time. The sheep was found in the same area I was investigating last night and heard the whooping sound. We're again on the west end of the property. The visual examination conducted. The following findings were noted and recorded. Specimen was drained of blood and no blood was visible in the area. The incisions were surgical precision and the specimen was dissected completely in half. Wound looked as if it were cauterized during the process. Eyes, teeth, lungs, tongue, stomach, anus, reproductive organs, and heart were all missing. A patch of fur from the back leg was also missing. There was also a small burn the size of a dime on the hoof. Core temperature of the specimen was 115 degrees Fahrenheit. This was the strangest of the findings. Time of examination was 1 hour 17 minutes. The vet was baffled. The core body temperature should have been well below 90 degrees Fahrenheit. How could it be 115? Everyone stood around for a couple of hours talking about what they'd witnessed. It was by far the weirdest thing they'd ever seen. And we say thank you to Steve for coming on in and breaking it on down for us on Among the Missing as Steve comes in each and every night to kick off hour number three with another spooky story. Skinwalkers, those are just so, so weird. All right, if you want more, head on over to his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash among the missing. All right, let's take it on down from the missing to the mysterious. It's little Timmy Senor and the UFO report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know.
Good to have you back, my man, as we take a look at everything that's going on in the UFO world right now. And I'll tell you, there's some strange things happening around the world, Timmy. And I, I don't even know where to start. It's almost like we're we're back into that calm before the storm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. It does feel like that, especially knowing that UFOs are making the headlines again. I mean, that's definitely a pretty good sign that it's the wave coming. And so we know that there's been a hiatus on some of the people in Congress on this topic. But boy, we know that this wave is coming in with a lot of new information and details coming forward. So how would you like to kick off tonight, Dave? Well, I would like to spend some time because, yes, we we saw David Grush come out with a brand new interview today. Okay, or within the last twenty four hours, and and I look at it, we've we've seen a little bit of political posturing lately, but really there hasn't been that spark of ufology that we've seen, you know, for the past year. It seems like we've we've gone into a lull, and I don't know about you, Tim, but I'm very curious to get your opinion on this because to me. This is turning out to be exactly like a game of chess, okay? Normally, I'm a checkers guy. I know how to play chess. I quit playing chess when I taught my daughter how to play, and she beat me in nine moves in her second time playing. And I was like, okay, I'm done. I I retire right there, (laughs) you know? But the point that I'm getting at with the analogy is – the news seems to be not only slowing down, but the posturing on both sides. We see Tim uh, Burchett, you know, the congressman who's really wanting disclosure, trying to find another way to protect whistleblowers and everything. We see David Grush coming out after his first appearance in weeks, uh, you know, since the last congressional hearing where he was interviewed by a gentleman named Jesse Michaels, you know, regarding the UFO studies and, and basically repeating everything that he's said to people like Ross Coltart and others. We see the government basically trying to figure a way to shut this down, but everything has kind of gone quiet. And it's almost like, like I said, a game of chess right now. This season, your coffee orders are getting warmer and your outfits are getting cozier. The world keeps changing, and so does COVID-19. That's why this season's COVID-19 shots have been updated. They're one of the best ways to help protect yourself against COVID-19. You can get a COVID-19 shot at the same visit as a flu shot if you're due for both, as recommended by the CDC. Talk to your healthcare provider to learn more and schedule at vaccines.gov. And don't forget to get extra cinnamon spice. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. AT&T and Verizon lure you in with their best phone offers, only to lock you into a three-year phone contract. Three years. Missing out on the latest, greatest phones because you're trapped by your carrier. Not at T-Mobile. Break free from three-year phone contracts with our best Go 5G plans and say goodbye to being stuck with an outdated phone. Now, with T-Mobile's best Go 5G plans, upgrade when you want Every year, or every two, you decide. At T-Mobile, you have more choice than ever to take charge of your upgrade. All on America's largest 5G network. Visit T-Mobile.com now to take charge of your phone upgrades. Is that 
One-year upgrade on Go 5G Next requires financing new qualifying device and upgrading in good condition after six-plus months with 50% paid off. Upgrade ends financing and any promo credits. CTMobile.com. Now, where we're trying to figure out whose move is next. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I see a lot of things happening behind the scenes that I know are pivotal to what we're going to see coming in the media, right? And so we definitely get waves of information as it comes to us through the media and through the press. And usually it's because of things that are taking place behind the scenes. And then we see in the media the repercussions of that. And I think the lull that we're seeing now is because activities are taking place. And I think we also know that just recently... Avi Loeb has made a very vocal request for more funding for the second stretch of his Pacific uh, investigation. Um, And there's been quite a lot of media on that. And then we have the fact that David Grush did make a new two-hour interview, which in my opinion was um, a really great insight, kind of a friend's perspective of David Grush, because it seems like there's been a long relationship between the host and David. And so it gives the audience kind of an insider's look at him and some of his personal takes on how he learned everything he did and maybe some of his takeaways from it and some of his big picture takeaways. Um, so it is a two-hour interview But I must say, at the end of it, I did have some deeper insight into the man that brought us such, you know, groundbreaking information. Um, And I thought it really led a lot of credibility to him, in fact, getting to know him and that it actually was a big, you know, a mind blower for him, you know, and he felt compelled to do it. And he took all the right channels to do so. And so it was a very brave move. And this two-hour interview gave a little more insight into what his motivations were and his, some of his relationships on what, motiva- what motivated him to do this. Uh, he talks about Lou Elizondo and how uh, the two of them speak and how Christopher Mellon influences uh, the whole perspective and brings his insight to the game. And so I think this is some pretty good insight. You know, it's definitely something that we should all be aware of. And then, you know, consider the fact that even I was bringing to the, you know, this to you last week that USA Today and big name media is covering this topic. And just last week, three times during the week, UFOs, not UAPs, UFOs were in either the first or second page of USA Today. Well, you know what? I mean, the idea behind this is I'm I'm really glad that David Grush did this interview, okay? I, I'm not sure. I've never heard of Jesse Michaels before. Uh, maybe you could give us a little bit of insider information with whom this gentleman is. But I thought he did a great job. I really did. For, for a guy who maybe does not speak a lot of UFOs, I'm not sure about his show, uh, and I apologize for that. But the questions that I heard, I thought were very poignant. You know, they were they were very uh, easy for Grush. They were very, you know, they were very building. Like there, there wasn't a lot of controversy. There wasn't a lot of grilling on things. But that's okay. You don't need to grill in order to get information. Sometimes you get more bees with honey than with, you know, salt water. You know, I mean, exactly. And, and I'm proud that David Grush came back out. And even if it was quite repeatable, the fact that after the beating he took 
from Washington, D.C., and and people trying to burn him on his health records uh, due to PTSD. I thought that was excellent to see him back out on the trail. What I would like to see from him, and I doubt it will happen, but I would love for him to to take on a couple of shows with true ufologist radio programs, whether it's us, whether it's Coast to Coast AM or other shows that are out there, people who actually know this subject. I would love to see him interviewed by them because I think it would bring some a relative uh, of, of importance to some of the questions that we aren't getting answered. Okay. Now people will say, well, what questions are those, Dave? What questions could a, could a UFO radio show handle besides this? Well, we get to ask him, you know, certain questions about, about the aliens that are here. He hasn't gone into specifics about that. He hasn't gone into specifics about craft details. Now he may not be allowed, but at least we could try and draw it a little bit closer to what we are getting at. Even if he has to talk hypothetical, we learned to read between the lines of what he's saying. And yeah. I would and I would love to, to see him do that. And I hope he does that. Maybe not now, but in the future. But I mean the the idea that after he was railroaded to come on out and, and get back in front on the on the bicycle, as the old cliche says, after wiping out, I think it was great. I think it was yeah. it was good. What do you know about this, Jesse Michaels? Uh so his show American Alchemy was where he presented this uh, two-hour interview. And uh, we know that he has a strong background in physics, and he's a really intelligent dude. Uh, And so he actually brought a lot of intelligent questions to the table. And he asked a lot of the questions that I would have asked myself. And I did get one piece at least that I would love to share that I thought was a great piece of insight. Um, And it may have been right in front of our noses the whole time, but Grush points out that um, some of the crash retrievals and the materials that were potentially retrieved um, would be considered classified and why they would be classified and why the stories behind them would also be classified. And in his words, he was saying that a lot of the energy or radiation or radioactive materials that were collected at some of these sites instantly become above top secret just simply because of the nature of what it is. Anything atomic or energy is going to run under some of those classifications. And we know the department of energy itself is the creator of these classifications. So it's not just up to the Pentagon or anyone there that necessarily classifies this information it actually comes from the department of energy for a lot of how this is decided right at the source so i thought that that was a very interesting piece of information that he goes into deep explanation for and he also explains that oppenheimer and the fact that back in those days those were the people that were deciding some of these levels of classification, how information should be shared with the public or amongst themselves within the government. And so it's a great interview to watch, a lot of insight, and it shows that there is a lot of knowledge from the individuals that were coming forward as whistleblowers. And David himself shows a, and possess, shows that he possesses quite a deep 
library of understanding and knowledge on this topic and expresses it really well in a comfortable, friendly situation like this interview was. Well, I, I think the guy did a great job, you know, and I, like I said, I hope David Grush comes out a little bit more and I hope he continues to throw that, you know, that, that middle finger up at the establishment that doesn't want him to talk to him. You, you know, that's how we're going to get answers. But like I said, I, w- I would like someone from the UFO world to finally interview him. And I'm not saying that Ross Coltart didn't do a great job because Ross did an incredible job with that. But sometimes you need follow-up from proper people. I'm not saying that Jesse Michaels isn't that proper person. He's obviously a very smart scientist and asks intelligent questions, which is great. But I think not just for the UFO community, but for the community at large, even out there who is following every move that David Grush makes, I think somebody who can understand the topic a little bit more on UFOs would be a great interview for him with great insight. And it doesn't have to be us. There's some great shows out there. You know, there's dozens of great shows out there that could do this interview. It would be great. Yeah. You're so right. And the podcast is such a great venue for a topic like this, where you can really say things that are on your mind and bounce it back comfortably with the host or panel participants. So I think you're absolutely right that the podcast venue is a great place to have this discussion. Um, It would be great to see him get into something like that um, Mm -hmm. with a total neutral party host, you know, that just has no skin in the game, but just a lot of curiosity. Yeah, I think it would be, I think it would be wonderful, you know, and I think the other positive that we could take out of this too, my friend, is seeing David Grush stand up to the bullying that he received. Okay, whether you like Grush or not, that's irrelevant. He got bullied. He got bullied in a disgusting manner uh, and, and in a very unjournalistic way when his health records came out. And I think him coming back out and saying, screw you, you're not going to bully me away from what I know and what I've provided to Congress... I really do believe that that is a real strength of a of a leader to show the other whistleblowers who may have questioned, you know, because when we talked about this last, Tim, we were worried. Well, I don't know if you were, but I know I am. I was very worried about whether or not this would stop other whistleblowers from coming out if there are reporters out there who are going to try and look for that every scab that everybody has or the on their body or or how many skeletons in the closet do we each and every one of us have we all have them do, but do we want them coming out right and and it really made me wonder whether or not this would scare off other whistleblowers we had that conversation in the last couple of weeks here and and see and seeing grush come out I think it adds a little bit of strength to these whistleblowers who may be on the fence to say, you know what, he's doing the right thing, and that's going to re-energize some of these guys to come out. You're absolutely right. In fact, he even addresses that in this new interview, Um, and he speaks directly to the whistleblowers as if they're watching the show and says that if you want to come out, there are avenues to do so, and he lists them. 
So I think it's really the kind of thing where he wants to show that it's possible and that with the right lawyer, perhaps, and the right channels, as he explains, to do it safely, uh, it can be done. And, um, you know, the fact is they do express uh, the fact that there was negative press on him in this interview, and he does talk about it. And the fact is, is it's something that almost shouldn't be addressed because it really doesn't change the path that he's on. And I think that, it, you know, he said it didn't make us lose focus. And it was just one of those things that you can kind of expect. And it's part of the plan. You know, if you're coming forward, this could potentially come out. And I guess in the extended vin- interview with Cold Heart, um, perhaps some of that information was talked about, but it didn't make it to the final cut. And so, you know, even though he was potentially transparent about that in the initial interview, it didn't make it to the public. So it came out in a different way. So we'll never know. But I think it's a really great two hour interview to get to know David a little bit better. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful job. And and, you know, with a minute to go here before we have to move on to the break at the bottom of the hour, Tim, I really do believe that this is a great sign of strength. You know, the only thing that is going to create more strength for David Grush, because we know all he really has is a lot of uh, anecdotal stories and paperwork because he's never seen anything with his own eyes. But the idea that we can get more people coming out and talking about this, that's, that's the goal, all right? A waterfall starts with one drip of water. And we have a little bit of, of a run of water coming down that waterfall now. Now we just need more of these guys to send more water down. That's, That's what's right. Because realistically, it's these whistleblowers. It's nobody in ufology, but it's these whistleblowers who really hold the keys to any type of disclosure, if that's what we're going for. Tim Senor, the little Tim bit that could is hanging out with us tonight on the UFO Report. I don't know what we're going when we come back, but I know it's going to be about UFOs because Tim usually brings UFO stuff with him. Space Out Radio continues with the final half hour next. Hi, Tim. Dave. How are you, buddy? <laughs> So tired, but good. Nice. The weekend that never happened. I am so excited. Work, work, work. I'm really excited because uh, the last time my my boy and I got up early for school and we quickly made it put a roast in the slow cooker, by the time we got (laughs) home that night, my house smelled wonderful. It's so funny. So I got I got um, the roast, I got the potatoes, I got the snap peas, some asparagus, mushrooms that we're gonna put in there. It's gonna be wonderful. I'm just you're talking to a guy that's about to survive on garden burgers for like the next six yeah, months. That's not a burger, Tim. It's not a burger. No, yeah. Spinach nut burger. Yeah. Yep. Meatless diet for me coming soon. I am. I'm totally looking forward to it. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. And you've got your own recipe. I'm assuming. 
yeah, just, you do a dry rub with that. I'm yep. it's or uh, yeah. I do a little bit of dry rub and and what I do is like my son is showing a real interest in cooking every now and again. Awesome. So I just let him just okay, what spice do you want on there next? You know, well, let's throw a little bit into this and why not? Nice, you know, nice. and, and the last couple times he's done it, it has turned out perfectly. Turned out perfectly. So um I'm looking Sounds forward fun. to it. Yeah. It's one of those moments, you know, one of those little father-son moments that I look forward to. And, you know, and hopefully when, when he is a young man, you know, uh, adventuring on his own, whether it's college or whatever he chooses, that he can remember those moments of, of you know, cooking with dad or barbecuing with dad. So I, I'm For looking sure. forward to it. Yeah, those are the great. That's all the great stuff, and hopefully, the, uh, you know, you'll learn something from him. He sounds like he's got intuition for a lot of things, not just Bigfoot, yeah. but spices. Yeah, too. Yeah, so cool. So I, I kind of like it. So I'm looking forward to oh, it. That's great. Look at old, you, go ahead. It's nice and far away from the house, right? Nice and far away from the house. Why? Your slow cooker, it's not like right up against the house or something, Dave. No, it's on my stove, man. Oh, okay. It's just a little one. It's a little oh, life. it's one of those ones. Okay, yeah. I thought this was like one outside, like a smoker or something. No. Okay. No. I don't, I'm, I'm not American enough to have one of those, you know, eight foot long by four feet wide slow cooker, uh, smoker barbecues. I just assumed when you said slow cook, I was like, oh, he's got a pit. I, well, you've seen you've seen the fire pit, and that's so why that's now you know why I assumed you did you were doing it right, but you're doing it on your stove somehow yeah. and crock, in my crock pot day. in my crock pot. Oh, a crock pot. That's fine. Thank you. Okay, slow cooker. Thank you. That's uh, a Canadian slow cooker. Yeah. Thank you, Sabrina. <laughs> oh, Oob man. to Joe's Maine. You've got aliens. Mm-hmm. Throw it in the crock pot, slow it right down. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just let it sit there. You're so funny saying that there's no news in the UFO world. There's so much. Well there I, there is, but it <laughs> think about those days when there was nothing. Today I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight to choose from. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much, in my opinion, so much going on. Used to be in well, there's always uh, there's always something going on, but is it relevant to moving the cause forward? You want me to throw a couple at you? I think these are pretty major. For example, well, not yet. We're we're on the air in like one minute, man. We're on the air in one minute. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. That's right. You wait, this man. Guy. You wait. Yeah. Who's this guy right here? Dave's all about that. Mm-hmm. Hurry up and wait. Mm-hmm. Hey, at least I'm going to get a nice roast beef dinner tomorrow night. You are so lucky. Yep. Nothing you can do about it. What are you going to do for dessert? That's the big question. Rolo ice cream. Oh, I've, yeah, I've seen that. That looks mm-hmm. evil. Yeah, it's very evil. It's, it's freaking good. It's a good choice. Freaking good. You know, they have Kit Kat cereal now, too. Uh, I just got some Kit Kat ice cream bars tonight. Good choice. Yeah, those yeah. are good. Yeah, those are very good. 
evil. There are other choices out there, but this is one heck of an option. <laughs> we don't endorse anything on Space Dot Radio. Uh, ma- Major Lee, I don't understand. He says SOR is softballing this grifter. Who's the grifter? Is he calling you a grifter? Oh, they're saying Dave. Hold on here. Crash. Here we go. They're saying We rounded third. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Ready to bring the tinfoil to you. Reminder to all of you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join the Space Travelers Club on Patreon. Here we go, final half hour, and little Timmy Senor is here with the UFO report. Tim, you're going to break it on down for us. What is going on around the UFO world, my man? There's things happening, Dave. A few things. For example, uh, the Black Vault has been very busy uh, archiving and coming up with new information via FOIA and recently came up with potentially what Lou Elizondo's deleted emails may be. A list and from people, uh, the to's and from's and some of the details, along with um, another investigation that he's been doing Over there at the Black Vault, John Greenwald has brought us the advanced aerospace. This season, your coffee orders are getting warmer and your outfits are getting cozier. The world keeps changing and so does COVID-19. That's why this season's COVID-19 shots have been updated. They're one of the best ways to help protect yourself against COVID-19. You can get a COVID-19 shot at the same visit as a flu shot if you're due for both, as recommended by the CDC. Talk to your healthcare provider to learn more and schedule at vaccines.gov. And don't forget to get extra cinnamon spice. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. AT&T and Verizon lure you in with their best phone offers, only to lock you into a three-year phone contract. Three years. Missing out on the latest, greatest phones because you're trapped by your carrier. Not at T-Mobile. Break free from three-year phone contracts with our best Go 5G plans and say goodbye to being stuck with an outdated phone. Now, with T-Mobile's best Go 5G plans, upgrade when you want. Every year or every two, you decide. At T-Mobile, you have more choice than ever to take charge of your upgrade. All on America's largest 5G network. Visit T-Mobile.com now to take charge of your phone upgrades. One-year upgrade on Go 5G Next requires financing new qualifying device and upgrading in good condition after six-plus months with 50% paid off. Upgrade ends financing and any promo credits. See T-Mobile.com. Weapon System Applications Program, or OSAP documentation. So proof of the existence of the program and how they went about acquiring personnel for the program and other details have now been brought forward. So 
theblackvault.com has all of that available with details. But the fact that some of this is coming forward um, is going to definitely push some of what people were unsure about uh, into the light. And so that is coming forward this week. Uh, and along with that, the DOD releases contracts with Sandcorp outlining work for the UFO office arrow. And that is also coming from John Greenwald over at the Black Vault. A lot of activity over there and uh, so making quite a stamp. But a lot of details coming forward via the FOIA process right now. Uh, Dave, did you want to jump in here very quickly with uh, your thoughts on that new insight? No, continue on. Okay. Yeah, please. And along with that, um, we also have uh, a new database being brought forward from the UAP Scientific Research Group. And so they have given a large database, including the uh, a large database of Australian UFO sightings. Uh, and that's dating back as far as the early 30s. And so that new database has been made public this week. Um, now, this is really the top of my list. And out of all of the interviews I've seen in a long time, this one really did top the list. A brand new interview came out just yesterday uh, on the New Thinking Aloud uh, channel on YouTube with Jeffrey Mishlove. And it's called Investigating the Paranormal. And it was a live stream event with Robert Bigelow. And this was, in my opinion, the best sit down uh, that Robert's done in ages. And some of the insight that he brings forward in this interview was really intriguing. And so he brings up, you know, current topics, his opinion on whistleblowers. Uh, He talks about metamaterials and current events along with historical events. And he answers a few questions that historically people had wondered about Robert in some of the other interviews he's done. He gives some answers and it's really insightful and it gives, um, you know, a new look at some of uh, the new things people are wondering if he has, you know, metamaterials like some of the other big corps supposedly does do rather and how the big corps would handle it. And so, again, uh, I definitely recommend everybody to go over to New Thinking Aloud at some point and check out what Jeff, Jeffrey Mishlove has to say with his interview with Mr. Bigelow, because it's top of my list for interviews for the month, at least. Well, he also has a a relationship with Robert Bigelow after Bigelow's near-death studies uh, uh, essay that he put out there for half a million dollars on the best essay, and I believe Mishlove uh, placed in the top three in that. That doesn't uh, surprise me. In fact, survival of consciousness was really the topic of conversation, and um, they bring forward a lot of intriguing concepts on how everything is kind of connected. And he goes into some of his philosophies and what he's learned, and he talks about some of the scientific um, or, you know, you call it scientific discovery, quite literally, than, that he um, has done over the past few years, whether it's using psychics or scientists. You know, I think that there's a very close, uh, you know, uh, bond there when it comes to this kind of topic. It's very 
uh, fringe science. So the fact that he's using those two together to kind of get into the uh, afterlife and consciousness concept. Now, he was saying that 25% of even our known uh, galaxy and universe, I'll say universe, I think is what he was saying, is something that we can wrap our heads around. And the rest, or I think it was more like 5% that we understand, and the other 95% is all consciousness. Uh, And I thought that that was interesting to kind of um, see that that's where his head is in this game. Um, And so he has really migrated from UFOs and aliens and that discovery to consciousness and afterlife and that connection, because we know that he was the originator of Skinwalker Ranch and that whole investigation, that uh, the origination of that. So where are you with all of that? And how do you feel consciousness somehow migrates everything all into one? Do you get on board with that, Dave? Uh, I agree. The consciousness is a major part of the phenomena, you know, and it, it involves everything and it wraps around everything. And this, this is what we've been trying to educate people on for a long time. You know, that, that the phenomena is everything. It's, it's godlike if you want to put it if you want to put it that way it is completely godlike and we have to be able to as as researchers and as promoters of these subjects start coming to that conclusion that everything falls under the phenomena including consciousness and afterlife and near death studies and everything that goes along with it so i think it works i really do Yeah. And I think after you've perhaps experienced something that is unexplainable to you, and even Robert goes into some details how he's had personal unexplainable experiences. After you've had something like that happen, sometimes the phenomenon is something a little bit more, you know, easily acceptable, you know, because on paper, it reads like a science fiction or comic book story. But when you live it or have an experience where you're just like, there's no explanation for this. And I think the example that Robert gives was an experience that he had. And you can listen to him tell this in the interview where he ate a slice of pie one night and went to bed. The next morning he came back down and he and his wife saw a completely full pie again. And somehow, you know, that pie had miraculously uncut itself and he had uneaten it. And to him, that was enough to say that he'd experienced something phenomenal. Now, it may be a different experience for each of us. Uh, It may be something more special or less special. Um, But um, I know I've seen things, Dave, and I know you have, and we've captured things on camera together, you know, so we know there's something else out there. But to the layman or perhaps someone that's new to the show or new to the phenomenon, the phenomenon itself, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around the fact that consciousness is intertwined so closely. And I find that really interesting how they're so related and that once it's aware, perhaps that you're aware of it, now you're intertwined and there's no shaking. it, And it's like unknowing something. You can't unknow it. Do you agree with that concept? Oh, I, I think that's that's absolutely right. I really do think that's absolutely right. And why wouldn't it be? Why you know, I mean, we don't know where we're going. We don't know the idea behind 
everything that's kind of following through where we're supposed to follow it and where we're supposed to go with it, Tim. We don't yeah. know. It, yeah, and it, it can send chills up your spine sometimes, Dave, can't it? When, oh, when you come sure. in contact, you know, with something that you're just like, oh, my gosh, that just really happened. It's just it's chilling and it's it's a, you know, Bigelow calls it a gift. It, it is a gift, isn't it? it? It is a gift. It's it's a big time gift. And and, you know, Robert Bigelow, I think, is a lot more closer to the answers than what he likes to let out to be. OK, this is a man who has spent tens of millions of his own dollars, whether it's with Skinwalker Ranch, whether it's UFOs and aliens, whether it's now near-death studies. Imagine that, how he studied the entire phenomena and put his own money into it to learn. Why has he done it? (laughs) There's rumors as to why he's done it. There's rumors out there. Uh, the, one rumor is, is that, uh, he has been distraught since he lost his son a number of years ago and has been trying to recommunicate with him. Okay. There's other rumors that he just is a whack job who, who just is eclectic and wants to see what else is out there and hire the best people for it. There's rumors that, you know, like he said on 60 Minutes, that his grandparents had a close encounter with a UFO, and as a kid, that kind of turned him on to the subject. Don't know. Don't know. Hey, some billionaires spend their money on NFL teams or NBA teams or Major League Baseball or watch collections or, or whatever it may be. Others spend it on UFOs. And it's yeah. quite okay. And I think once you see Close Encounters and, and realize that Spielberg used Jacques Vallée and uh, others from Blue Book and things mm-hmm. like that as references for his film, and then you see his film, I think that that should impact you, you know, knowing that that was based, you know, somehow on collectively what was going on, you know, at least in a lot of what was being studied and their concept of what was pos- possible. You know, at least, if not a case, you know, we don't know. But the fact is, is that we know that historically, this is a pretty big topic. And whatever it takes for you to kind of understand the potential of it, I think that's great. Whether it's through Spielberg and expect, by the way, a lot coming from Spielberg, you know, um, he's not done uh, helping us with this topic. But um, the fact is, is, you know, there's a lot more coming. And the fact is, I think, Dave, you even expressed this earlier, saying how it's a Pandora's box. You know, I really feel like it is open at this point. And even though you may see a little bit of quiet in the media that you're reading or it's not in the news, there's a lot going on. Congress may not be in session at the moment, or maybe it is, but it doesn't mean the topic isn't being investigated and talked about. And there may be a church committee coming you know, and talking about things coming up in the future, um, I see a big push coming, another big push um, before they let this go. And I think we'll see more whistleblowers. Well, let's start the trickle. Let's hope it starts. So uh, what else you got for us, Tim? Well, really, that was it. I was just kind of hoping that we could talk a, a little bit more about the fact that 
the Black Vault is bringing some of these FOIA cases forward. We have a lot more transparency now, knowing that perhaps everything that Elizondo was saying about what was going on and how he was being handled in that program, we might see it now being revealed as true. We know he has a case, David Grush has a case against uh, the people that uh, were his uh, higher-ups and potentially how he was handled and the mismanagement of him themselves and uh, their roles in Arrow or previous uh, to that was what, OSAP? I'm sorry, I'm going to kind of forget here. But anyways, in his role, uh, he uh, has that case still going. And so we're starting to see that, yes, there were deleted emails and that, yes, uh, the uh, OSAP did exist. And now we have documentation on both and potentially see some of those deleted emails and why they were so uh, important to be deleted. You know, Dave, do you feel like that's going to move things forward for this side? No, no, I don't. Um, John Greenwald does a great job at bringing the facts. Okay, but the one thing we have learned with John Greenwald, and I like the man. I think he's a good man. Okay, but the one thing that we've learned from him over time here is... Every time he does something really, really good like this, there seems to be a play on words uh, of his own opinion that takes a shot at Elizondo or takes a shot at Grush or takes a shot. I mean, I don't like a lot of that. Okay, but that's a personal opinion. Okay, do I hold it against John? No, John's doing what he feels is best and people should check it out. He's on the, t- you know, but at some point, what is he going to, what's, I don't even understand what he's trying to find with Elizondo anymore. I really don't. And to me, it seems like we're going in circles. Yeah. I think he was trying to shoot holes in some of the claims and what he found was support of his claims. And so I don't necessarily listen to the podcasts from black vault, but I do go to the website and read the documentation that's provided via FOIA. And so in both of these cases, there are links provided and you can go and see the potential deleted emails that we believe are part of this release. And uh, you can see how they were FOIA'd and why we believe that they are applicable and then you can also go in and take a look at the Advanced Aerospace Weapons System Applications Program documentation, that uh, the OSAP program, and see uh, all of the information that was surrounding that program and how they decided who was going to be a part of it and what the program itself was going to highlight. So I think, you know, potentially he had foid that to be able to say that I foid it and there was nothing but instead what he found was quite a lot of information in support of some of the claims that Elizondo had made, um, you know, where he had said that he had left because of how he had been treated and, um, you know, some of the programs itself was even in question. So now we know the program definitely existed. Well, we knew, but we knew that forever. We knew that six years ago. Okay, we knew it six years ago. 
So what? Indeed. What just because? And and this is the issue that we have in this community. And I'm not saying that we have a shot. This is a shot at John Greenwald, okay? Because once again, I really appreciate his dogged nature on things. I may not yeah. agree with a lot of it, or some of it, I should say. But I, I appreciate his dogged nature and candor, and I do think that he does get a a raw rap sometimes, okay? But for the most part, I'm a big fan of John's. But at some time, you can't have this attitude. We have this attitude in the UFO world that if I don't have the answers or if I can't find the answers, or until I prove it, nothing means nothing. And we have too much of that in this field. We knew about this six years ago when it was first announced, then confirmed by people like the late Harry Reid. So now that John has has put it out there. Now we're all supposed to be, oh, well, now John's proved it, so now it's good to go. It's not how it works. Not how it works. That's a grudge. That isn't That isn't journalism. That isn't foyering. It's a, it's a grudge. Well, for my final topic, we kind of touched on this last Wednesday. But uh, we're talking about how UFOs have broken into America's backyard and no one is effectively coordinating any response, right? Where is the response? How is the government handling it? How is the Pentagon reacting to it other than reacting with the fact that they don't exist? So, Dave, now, the funny thing is, is that they are finally taking some public response here and we know that Arrow's new website is actually geared towards taking not only aviation and military reports but public reports as well and so their interest turning to the public here and we're wondering why are they asking the public instead of themselves when it's our airspace being infringed upon Dave what's going on with this I don't know I Tim, I have it's the new spin. Is it our responsibility now? Are they putting it back on us? What is the point of an Arrow website that talks about hotspots? Well, uh, look, Arrow is planning on getting together with Enigma Labs. That's going to be their private group. We already know that. Okay, it just hasn't been announced, but everybody in the UFO world knows that's going to happen. Okay, and when you got that. Once again, it's all about control of the narrative. All about control, Tim, and we either take it or leave it. We can fight it, which we should, but the best thing that we can do is bring information as to what is good and what is bad for people. Tim, we got to wrap this thing up because it is that time of the night where we got to say goodbye, and I'm I'm sad that you're leaving, Tim. I'm sad that you're leaving for tonight. Nah. Nah, we'll talk to you in a couple of nights' time here, It's been fun. We'll talk. It's been fun. Big thank you to Tim Senor, to our good friend Steve Stockton, to our guest Alex Chinetti tonight. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. 
get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. AT&T and Verizon lure you in with their best phone offers, only to lock you into a three-year phone contract. Three years! Missing out on the latest, greatest phones because you're trapped by your carrier. Not at T-Mobile. Break free from three-year phone contracts with our best Go 5G plans and say goodbye to being stuck with an outdated phone. Now, with T-Mobile's best Go 5G plans, upgrade when you want Every year, or every two, you decide. At T-Mobile, you have more choice than ever to take charge of your upgrade, all on America's largest 5G network. Visit T-Mobile.com now to take charge of your phone upgrades. One-year upgrade on Go 5G Next requires financing new qualifying device and upgrading in good condition after six-plus months with 50% paid off. Upgrade ends financing and any promo credits. See T-Mobile.com. Sunbelt Federal Credit Union has special deals on certificates of deposit. For 10 months, you could get a return of 5.27% annual percentage yield. And Sunbelt offers an amazing 5.33% annual percentage yield for 18 months. Visit a Sunbelt Federal Credit Union location today or learn more at sunbeltfcu.org. That's sunbeltfcu.org. $500 minimum deposit. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration.